0: James chapter 1. And in this wonderfully practical book of James, let's turn to the verse number 12 for our scripture reading. James 1 verse 12. Let us hear the word of God. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation... For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, this man shall be blessed in his deed. If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain, pure religion, and undefiled before God and the Father is this to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. May God bless the reading of his wonderful word to us here tonight. Let's seek the Lord in prayer as we come to preach. Heavenly Father, we come before thy throne of grace even now, seeking thy help from on high, to us, your needy people. Lord, we would ask that there would be no hindrance in the preaching, that there would be no hindrance in our prayers. O oh Lord, that we would, as has been prayed, put off all distractions, put off all uncleanness, put off that filthiness that, that seems to cling to the child of God as he moves through the world. Let us put off all filthiness here tonight may it be lord that you would be pleased uh, to bless the preaching of your word tonight would you even uh, anoint my my tongue to preach thy word lord i would pray that there would be there I, that i would be one that would be sent out lord sent out to preach and Lord, I would pray that this would the result of this preaching would be that the brokenhearted would be bound up. And that I would, in the preaching, be able to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to the ones that are still in their chains of sin. And so, Lord, it is that I ask Thee, O sovereign King of heaven, Come down in mighty power as we open up the word. May the preaching be attended by thy Holy Spirit so that there is the effectual call of thyself to the hearts of men and women and boys and girls here tonight. Oh, meet with us, Lord, as we come praying in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As we stand on this day one of the year of our Lord, 2023, even calendar an ascending count from that incarnation of our lord jesus christ every time we mark a new year mark this that it is of the lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not they are new every morning Yea, they're new every year Great is thy faithfulness. We, we exclaim here tonight in Cloverdale. Great is thy faithfulness to this church and this body of believers. Every time we mark a new year, we must mark this, that God in his mercy and grace has sung, sent his son to seek and to save that which is lost. And in his mercy it pleases God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe 1 Corinthians 121 and so it is that i can say to you today i am not ashamed of the gospel of jesus christ for it is the power of god unto salvation to all that believeth or to everyone that believeth pardon me romans 116 tonight my prayer is that we would hear the word of truth that we would hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. That same word of truth that, that by God's will begets or regenerates us as we discussed this morning. We see it even in our, in our scripture reading today in, in James 1 verse 18. Of his own will begat he us or, or born in us, brought about in us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. The word of truth is an instrument of great power and efficacy. The word of truth, when received by faith, engrafted upon the heart, James 1.21 says, Receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. My prayer is that this year, yeah, even today, Tonight, Be unto you, dear sinner, the gift of God. When all the gifts that this world has offered have been opened and the fleeting joy has passed, receive ye this good and perfect gift, a gift of a repentant, trusting, believing heart, the gift of righteousness in Jesus Christ, of remission of sins by his blood, of adoption as a child of God of regeneration as one who was dead in their sins and is now quickened to life in Jesus Christ. Oh, the gift. And Oh, the gift of eternal life in Jesus Christ. Every good gift, says James 1.17, and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. And unto you, dear saints... May this year be marked by growing in grace and the knowledge of our dear Lord, by being doers of the word and not hearers only. Saints, may we, as in James one nineteen, be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. May we even, as in verse 21, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. What a exhortation to the Christian today to lay apart all filthiness Christian if it defiles you before the all seen and all knowing God of heaven the creator then lay it apart put it aside and flee from it Christian there's a wonderful promise found in verse 12 blessed is the man that endureth temptation for when he is tried he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Oh, friends, there's also a warning found in verse 14 and 15 of James 1. It says, Every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. We can see the contrast here. Between in verse 15, there is a bringing forth... And in verse eighteen, there is the, uh, the begat. We can see there's the origin. The origin in verse fifteen is lust, or the uh, the, the the failings, or I'm sorry, the um, our sinful nature. The lust, our sinful nature. That's the origin. Then there's the instrument, which is which is sin itself. And then there is the result, which is death. But then when we compare that to verse 18, we see again there's an origin. But the origin is God's will. And the instrument is the uh, word of truth. And then the result of that, all the result of that is eternal life. Doesn't that remind you of the verse that says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ? Romans 6. Oh, saints... Let us lay apart all filthiness. This year let us put aside all superfluity of naughtiness. This is to say that overflow of malice that would come overflowing from a wrathful heart, one given to wrath, it's it's wasteful, it's unnecessary or superfluous. Verse twenty says, For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. And so we have to ask ourselves, Christians, what what fellowship does the light have with the darkness? Should we be content living in the twilight between the two? Christian, this year when temptations come, and they most certainly will come, for we live in a challenging day where where darkness is called light, where evil is called good and, and bitterness sweet, we'll be tempted to fear, we'll be tempted to doubt, we'll be tempted to be double-minded. We will be tried, we will be tested, and yes, we will be tempted of the devil this year. Let us say as Jesus did to that deceiver, when that tempter came around knocking, what did Jesus our Lord say in Luke 4.8? He said, get thee behind me, Satan. For it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Give us pure religion here tonight, undefiled before God, unspotted from the world, full of mercy, meek and mournful, pure of heart, peacemakers, and and the persecuted, hungering and thirsting after righteousness. Show me the ones who have Heard the good news, has received the good word, and friends, I'll know him by his good deeds. Show me the one who's heard the good news, has received the good word, and I'll know him by his good deeds. Matthew 5.16, as my son read, says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. James 1.17 says, Every good gift, perfect gift is from above. All from above. The good will, the good news, the good word, and the good deeds. All glory to God, immutable. Neighbor, if you've been averting your eyes, if you've been stopping your ears from the pure religion that is revealed to us here in the word of truth, Neighbor, I have to ask you to look into the glass, look into the mirror of the Word, simply to ask yourself here tonight, have I vain religion or pure? Have I vain religion or pure? When we stop to consider what is this vain religion, we do so with much grace, because such were we deceived deceived. We think of what it is to be have something that is vain. It's empty. It's useless. It's unprofitable. These are words that would describe the religion of one who is deceived. And what is most frightening is that it's self-deception. There are some who, as in verse 22, are hearers only, deceiving your own selves. And in verse 26, deceiveth his own heart. So I take no pleasure in Neither do you, I'm sure, in considering those that are self-deceived. I dare say it's more frightening to me to consider the self-deceived than those that are have yet to hear the gospel. Because I, I know them. I meet them often. It's people that I, I know and love. Ones that imagine that merely hearing the gospel, merely hearing it, is all that is required. Whereas the main thing, the main thing, and this is what I want to preach tonight, is what, that we should be obedient to what we hear, to be doers of the word, and not hearers only. And that the hearing would influence every aspect of our lives. That there would be no shadowy corner of our lives that the gospel light had not exposed. We have to ask ourselves, would a workman arrive... Bear with me. Would a workman arrive at his workplace simply to, to fold his arms and, and, and wait for the, the day to be over? Or would a, would a homekeeper go to the grocery store and push an empty cart around the grocery store? Or, or would a, a child read the instructions and never build the toy? Well, that's ridiculous, isn't it? It sounds ridiculous, but think of the madness of self deception. It has that husband coming home to his wife and saying, The wife says, How is your day, husband? And the husband says, Well, busy as usual. And the, the, the wife is asked, Well, what's for supper, my love? And she says, Well, a, you know, salad and steaks. And then you'd ask, Well, what's all over the floor, son? And the son says, Well, that's a race car. All self deception. And meanwhile, the work has never been done. The meal was never made and the toy was never built. There is a self-deception at play. The sad truth is stated in James 1.26. And this is is for us to consider. If any man among you, and this is frightening because it is the self-deceived are even among us. In the church, hearing the word... uh, Calling themselves Christians, sitting under the preaching, listening in, and the self deceived, well they seem they seem to be religious. But when men are more concerned to seem religious more than to really be striving after pure religion, then it is a sign that their religion is but in vain. If you're interested in making something of yourself. and that is your main motive, then what happens is at last the vanity of your religion is consummated by the deceiving of your own soul. That self-deception is working even in the vanity of it. See, the, the man with vain religion deceiving himself of that right standing before God is in the gravest danger, for he presumes upon... He speculates upon. He has a false confidence in his salvation. And he stands upon a sinking ship and wonders why his boots are wet. He's just enough religion. He has just enough to be like the walking dead. He, it, we, we know, friends, that his soul is in grave danger. And these poor folks are everywhere in Canada today. Entire denominations given over to tradition rather than to truth. Given over to social justice rather than gods. And while seemingly religious, these self-deceivers, these vain religious men, function as agents of Satan himself. It's true. The self-deceived, the false teachers... 2 Timothy three five speaks of this. It says, They're having a form of godliness, but not the power. And then in verse 7 it says, Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now lest some poor saint here feels that their faith would be shaken, be assured, be assured of this. If your religion is pure, you... Dear Christian, shall never be plucked from God's mighty hand. See, Jeremiah seventeen nine says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I the Lord searchest the heart and try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. So we can be assured. Dear saints in Christ, be assured the Lord sees your ways and the fruits. And as we will see, these are the evidences of your salvation in him. Blessed is the man, says Jeremiah seventeen seven, that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters and that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when heat cometh, but her leaf shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of, doubt, of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. We have a wonderful assurance that we are gods. We are also, when we consider vain religion, to think of the verbose. Verse 26 says, If any man among you seem to be religious... And bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Just as a horse is restrained and controlled by a bridle, so must our tongue, our speech be restrained and controlled, because our words flow from our heart. Jesus spoke of this to the Pharisees in Matthew twelve thirty four. Matthew twelve thirty four. Let's turn there to Matthew twelve. Matthew 12 and the verse 34, Jesus speaking to the Pharisees rebukes them and says, O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you, that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. The man, friends, whose religion is vain will boast of his work, He'll speak ill of his brethren. He will slander and insinuate, gossip. And I want to set the record straight here. If it's far too often gossip is attributed to the ladies, far too often, and I, I, I know if I hear someone say that the gossip, gossip is a thing uh, for the lady folk, I know they've never worked with truck drivers. So. I just wanted to make that clear just so that um, there was no doubt. For if the tongue is not restrained or if there is any unsubdued propensity to sin, it proves a vain religion. The man who tears down others to build himself up has vain religion. The man who delights to injure others' reputations has vain religion. He proves himself a hypocrite he does not possess a truly humble, gracious heart. In James 1.19, we have such practical counsel. Be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Another, and lastly with this, looking at vain religion, we have to consider the neglectful. Look with me at James one twenty three. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass, for he beholdeth himself, but then goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. See, while he is hearing, he observes some things amiss in himself. If you are listening today to the preaching of the word, and you, you sense that there is something amiss in yourself, and you sense that there is some excellence in Jesus Christ, but when you, when the meeting is over, go your way. And you think no more on these things. Oh, friends, you've been a hearer of the word, but not a doer. So if your heart is troubled today, knowing that your religion is vain, don't go, don't go your own way. Don't be neglectful of your eternal soul. Woe unto this deaf generation. Woe unto this deceived generation. Woe unto a forgetful generation. The pulpits for too long have been too quiet. The people for too long have been too indifferent. The supremacy of God in this nation ignored. A nation that has been opiated. A neglectful nation of their sovereign king. May we as God's people pray that the Lord lifts the the curse of this counterfeit Vain religion from off this country. This secular humanism, the the cultural Marxism, the social justice. They pretend to be a voice for the vulnerable while aborting the most vulnerable. Proverbs 30.12 says, There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes and yet is not washed from their filthiness. There is a generation, oh, how lofty are their eyes, and their eyelids are lifted up. But before I get too carried away, I have to remember, such was I. Such were my eyes lofty before the Lord. Such was my filthiness. But I found that grace, the grace of God and faith in Jesus Christ was greater than my sin. I found, like you, dear Christian, that He had mercy, mercy to give to us. And I pray that the Lord would call his people out of the vain religions round about us and come with revival power upon this place. Come with revival power upon this nation. Take away this empty, useless, vain religion and give us the pure stuff. Give us pure religion here in Cloverdale and in the nation of Canada. Give us pure religion. In James 1, we have a very practical message. And again, we must look into the glass, into the mirror of truth. James 1.25 says, Whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. We are told, ye of pure religion, to look upon the liberty, the freedom that is found in Jesus Christ. We can look upon the law, look upon the Ten Commandments, and we can examine ourselves by its standards. Be not deceived, there is no subjective truth. Today, in the past or going forward, there is only the objective truth, the standards of God that we are held to account by. Examine yourself here today by its standards. We must honestly face up to who we are by nature, our fallen sinful nature, and embrace the gospel of forgiveness by Christ's blood and renewal by the Spirit. And then, as verse 25 says, Continueth, continueth therein, not just a hearer, but a doer of the work. And so what is God's promise that we see there in, God, in verse 25? It says, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Blessed, says the scripture, in the doing of the work. In the doing of his word. In obedience to God. The blessing is in the doing of true Christianity. In the doing of pure religion. And James 1.27 has the most practical possible definition for us here tonight. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this. To visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Beloved, pure religion will be marked by two things. A holy life and a charitable heart. A holy life and a charitable heart. Just as we would know a tree by its fruits, or we or you would know someone's faith by their works. James two, verse seventeen, if you'll look there with me. James two, verse seventeen. It says the following Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God. Thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? James is confronting those that despise a mere profession of faith. Those that have no fruit upon the tree. No works that would follow upon true saving faith. Now please understand this clearly. Good deeds will never, ever save your eternal soul. You're saved by the grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ alone. And you will know your religion is pure. If it is marked by good deeds. The word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. We have pure religion here, friends, because we have a pure source. The source of our religion is pure. It is genuine and sincere. It's inerrant, infallible. It is historical. It is God-breathed. God's finished revelation to man is sufficient instruction unto salvation and sanctification. The word of God, this word of God, even in our own language, this authorized version, this word was rent from the hands of the papists. It was rent from out of the hands of the cultists. And friends, it is here for us in all its purity. Sealed. Even this word of God, sealed by the blood of the martyrs, And we can trust it upon everything else in this world. Psalm 119, 140 says, Thy word is very pure, therefore thy servant loveth it. The source of our religion is pure also in its heavenly origins. James 3, 17 says, But the wisdom that is from above is first pure. And if that weren't enough, friends, it says, Then peaceable gentle and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy, the word of God in all its wonderful purity. We also see in a pure religion that there is pure love, pure love. We see in verse 27, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, but not only, oh, to see them, or to speak a word of comfort to them, but to communicate to them to supply their wants as they may require and according to the ability that God has given if you've ever if you've ever ministered to an elderly saint that is even beyond their 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 mental capacities have, have failed them and if you're ever there and you're wondering is it worth it is it worth the trip to visit that that frail saint If you're ever wondering that, friends, know this, that they might not even remember your visit, but God will. You're ministering unto God just by being there. You are being that person that is showing your faith by your good deeds. It is not in vain. That is pure religion, that merciful, gracious religion. Where there is true religion in the heart... There is love to God. And where there is love to God, there is love to the saints. And this will show itself to them in times of affliction, in times of distress, in times in the hospital, times that they are in great repose. True love, pure love, love from above. He that doeth not righteousness is not of God says 1 John 3.10, Neither is he that loveth not his brother. 1 John 3.10, Neither he that loveth not his brother. These are things that are not of God. The unrighteousness, the the not loving your neighbor. And here it says, not loving your brother. Oh, Christian, are you known as one who is loyal? Are you willing to go into the trenches of prayer and, and of Christian action into the ditches of the, where the depraved are are you your brother's keeper or do you loveth as first john 3:10 says do you loveth your brother are you your brother's keeper do you go into the trenches for that man are you willing to go there in prayer are you willing to have your knees calloused by prayer are you willing to have tear stained a tear-stained face because you've so wrestled with God for the salvation of your brother. Like we spoke about this morning, we need to be imp, with the importunity. We need to continue in the striving in our prayers. Are you your brother's keeper? Are you your sister's keeper? We need to establish this because it is of God that we love our brother. Your Savior was willing to love unto sacrifice. Are you, Christian, willing to live and to love unto sacrifice? Are we willing? Will we be silent? Will we be uh, silent when even our, our magistrates grossly overstep their authority? Will we be silent as, as even when I think of the, uh, the German church in World War II As when the boxcars were clattering by on their way to Auschwitz. Will there be any Bonhoeffers that would speak out, that would break their silence, that would have pure religion and undefiled before God? Would there be those that would love unto sacrifice? And to do that, friends, with that pure religion, we need a pure heart. We need to be holy. We need to keep ourselves pure. 1 John 3, 2 says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him, purifieth himself, even as he is pure. A pure heart. There is so much in the Bible about purity. Uh, I'll give some scriptures here as we go. First Timothy 2, 22. Flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness. Oh, young people here today especially, I want to exhort you, follow righteousness. Follow faith follow charity, follow peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. 1 Peter one twenty two says, seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. There is that love again, friends. See that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. Titus 1.15 says, Unto the pure, all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure, but even their mind and conscience is defiled. First Timothy 5.22 says, Lay hands suddenly on no man, neither be partakers of other men's sins. Keep thyself pure. That was the instruction of the Apostle Paul to Timothy, and it's my instruction here to you today, young people. Keep thyself pure pure. And to keep yourself unspotted from the world, from those men of the world that would lead you astray, who defile you even with their evil talk, from the vices of the world, flee. And where religion is in all its purity and in all its power, and the gospel of the grace of God counsels unto you with all its power, and it teaches you, friends, separate from the world Do not deny ungodliness, or sorry, deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. And it says here, to instruct us, live soberly, righteously, and godly. See, a holy life, a holy life, those two things, the holy life and the charitable heart, they show a true religion. True religion teaches us to do everything as in the presence of God, which is true. To seek his favor and to study to please him in all his actions. And may it even be that God would deliver us from the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. May God even by his grace keep both our hearts and our lives clean from the love of the world and from the temptations of wicked worldly men. Children, I want to encourage you today, just like when Paul was speaking to Timothy, he said in 1 Timothy 4.12, he said, Let no man despise thy youth, but but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Let no man despise thy youth, young person, the lord can use you mightily even at your tender age religion says john bunyan as we conclude pure religion is a hot thing john bunyan says and it burns the fingers of all who touch it that's pure religion that's the religion that this church should be known for and praise god it is known Many of the things I've been described here described you perfectly. But I want to tell you this, that when a Christian is converted, when there's been that regeneration of the heart, and you've reached forward with that hand of faith to take hold of Jesus Christ and to put all of your trust in him, trusting not upon flesh, trusting not upon the things that this world has to offer, but clinging to the hem of Christ's garment. When that has happened, friend, and you're converted, and I pray everyone here is converted, but to those that may not be or those watching in, when you're converted, your life is set upon its true course. Amen? When your life is converted, you're on that true course, set by God himself. You're at the center of his will and friends, you're like a train bound for glory. You're you're held on those rails there by the gravity of God's power, his keeping power upon your life, held there upon the rails on that train bound for glory. And as your heart sings out that Christian's chorus, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. This train is bound for glory. Pilgrims, oh, pilgrims, you're homeward bound. Give me, oh, may we have that pure religion pure religion and undefiled before God with the evidence of charity and love and compassion to all. Here in our church, may we be known for our Christian hospitality and warm fellowship. May it even spill out of the doors to the community around us saying, my friend, are you born again? And when all that has happened, when the sermon is over, when the lights have been turned, off will you be hearers of the word or will you be doers of the word hearers or doers do you have that pure religion that burns brightly do you have that pure religion here today friends that burns brightly for the glory of god himself let's turn in our hymnals as we conclude to the hymn number 338 338 Lord I'm coming home I've wandered far away from God now I'm coming home the paths of sin too long I've trod Lord I'm coming home let's stand and praise God Almighty in all his mercy and grace to us. We thank you that your arms of love are open wide to one and all. O Lord, gather up thy church. Call them to yourself, O good shepherd, and that we would come to the voice of our shepherd, coming home, coming home, never more to Rome. Thank you, Lord, for meeting with us. Send us forth with thy blessing, that we would go forth proclaiming the word of God, those that are yet lost and alone. Lord, hear us as we pray in Jesus' most powerful and worthy name. Amen.